Thank you for listening to the River House podcast. For more information about River House, head on over to Facebook or Instagram and find us at at riverhouse513. Now enjoy today's message. Well, today I want to talk about the renewing of the mind. I know I said that last week I was going to preach on Ephesians, <laughs> and I still actually intend on doing that, but I just felt the Lord lead me in this direction this week. I think it's funny that it only took the Lord one week before he interrupted the the flow, you know? <laughs> but um, And I know that everyone who's listening to this understands where I'm coming from, but I, I just want to say it just for my own good. When the Lord leads in something like this, I, I've got to listen because I know it's not just for my benefit. Although, to be honest with you, I think I'm preaching kind of to myself today. But uh, that's okay. It's it's absolutely okay. Um, now, I think we are all going to benefit from this. I think this is a great message today because, not because I'm super awesome, <laughs> but because I, I think... I, so I'll say this. I love Western culture. I love... Absolutely love Western culture, but I think Western culture has done a poor job regarding the spiritual. I think we are super, as a society, we are super familiar with the fact of God, but we aren't super familiar with the fact of God with us. And we're definitely not familiar with the fact of there's an actual angelic and demonic realm that we wrestle against more often than we think actually I don't think we actually know how much we fight off demonic principalities and how much we cooperate with and um, work with angelic principalities I think if we knew that it would change the way we, we go about our days you know, our minds are so contested in the heavenly places. God has given us such a powerful tool. And if used properly, I mean, the, the possibilities are endless. But if used improperly, we can find ourselves in the cycles of negativity or shame or, or condemnation or um, poor mental health or, or we, can, we can find ourselves in a, in a myriad of different bad situations. And I think it's important that through the renewing of our mind, we grab onto scripture and we grab onto truth and we live truth. And I know that's everyone who's listening. I know that's your, your goal. That's, I know that's what you want. Um, that's what I want. So yeah, let's... Um, Let's figure out how to do this, right? <laughs> All right, well, I'm going to pray real quick, and then let's get started. So, uh, Lord, I just pray in the name of Jesus that your power would go forth and touch people's minds as I preach, that your power would go forth and touch my mind, and that we would encounter you in a new way. In Jesus' name, amen. So, uh, the, the title of this sermon is Renewing the Mind to Trust the Lord. Renewing, actually renewing your mind to trust the Lord. Um, I think I said this already, but I'll say it again. Most spiritual warfare is done in the mind. 
uh, when you have thoughts that don't line up with scripture, that's spiritual warfare. So it's not just um, it's not just what you would expect spiritual warfare to be. You know, it's not like you look into the the corner of your room and there's a demon there. I mean, maybe that happens to you, but like I think most of the time, the enemy doesn't want you to think it's spiritual warfare. So the enemy is content with passing those thoughts off as yours. You think, well, I just have negative self-talk. I just have, you know, I have uh, worst case scenario thinking. I have, um, I mean, you can fill in the blank. I don't actually think you do. I think the enemy is tricked you into thinking you do. And I say that because I think the enemy tricked me into thinking that I do. I, I wrote this down a while ago. I don't know if I ever shared it. I made like a social media graphic for it. Maybe I'll share it again if I have already shared it, but um, I don't think I ever did. It was a graphic that said, anxiety is not a personality type. I'll say that again. Anxiety is not a personality type. Um, I took a, a popular personality test a number of years ago. And it said that my type of personality, my type of buildup is prone to anxiety. Um, that sounds super descriptive and helpful when you're dealing with anxiety. But if you ever want to go past fear and anxiety, that's not helpful. Because what it tells you is that you, you could potentially be in the forever loop of fear or of worst case scenario thinking or foreboding thoughts, or anxiety, or depression, or pick your poison. And I don't like that because there was a period of time when I was in BSSM where I realized that the through, through encountering the Lord, through um, getting healed up in my mind, and internally, I realized my abiding anxiety no longer was abiding. I mean, it just wasn't there. So when, when I realized that, I thought, oh, goodness, I've been living with anxiety for years, thinking that I had to, thinking that it was just my DNA, but it wasn't. I mean, it's very eye-opening. I, I used to have these intrusive thoughts that would come into my head for years, off and on. Um, horrible, horrible, horrible thoughts. And I was ashamed of them because of how bad they were. And it, they were tormenting thoughts. Um, they would, these thoughts, I, I thought I was demon-possessed for, for a season. I mean, I, I was so messed up from these thoughts, thinking that I, I committed blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, that I was I commit the unforgivable sin. Horrible thoughts. Horrible thoughts that would say these absolutely crazy things that I, I can't even repeat. They were just so bad. And I was so down bad with these thoughts that I I asked the Lord one day, after years of dealing with this, right? And I asked the Lord, like, how do I get past these thoughts? Because they aren't going away. And I had listened to a sermon from a guy named Robert Morris, who's down in uh, Dallas, Texas with Gateway Church. 
and Robert Morris was preaching and he's, he was talking about spiritual warfare and specifically with the mind. And he was saying, when you kick a spirit out, you say, get lost in the name of Jesus. And that spirit will tell you that it's staying, it's not leaving, it's not leaving, it's not leaving, but it actually is. It just wants you to believe the lie that it's not. And that, that, that made a mark on me. I was like, oh, okay, that's, that's interesting. I can see that. So I asked the Lord, I was like, Lord, what do you, what do you want me to do with these thoughts? And the Lord said nothing. Like he, he, I heard the, the still small voice of the Holy Spirit in my, in my inner man, in my, my, my gut feeling. Tell me, don't do anything. <laughs> and I'm like, well, God, well, I kind of have to. Like, <laughs> I don't want these thoughts just in my head. And the Lord was like, no, I know those aren't your thoughts. You don't know those aren't your thoughts. He said, when you hear those crazy intrusive thoughts, I want you to ignore them. Because I know you haven't thought whatever thought came into your mind. Just ignore it. I did that for a day, and I've never had a thought like that come in again. Uh, actually, let me let me back up. I have had thoughts like that come in my mind again, but I know to ignore them, and it's not been a habitual problem again. Because the Lord showed me something, that that thought, those thoughts that were intrusive, that were coming into my mind, were demonic in nature. They were from the outside of me. I, I believe that people can be filled with demons. I, I just, just to be clear, I believe that that can be something that can happen. But I'm not talking about that today. I'm talking about when you have thoughts that come into your mind that are not yours. They come from an outside source. They're like arrows that get shot in your mind. And the, the arrow gets lodged in there and it needs to be pulled out. Uh, I used an extreme example of you know intrusive demonic thoughts that were, were cursing God, there were all, all sorts of crazy stuff. But, but it's not just that. In fact, I think a lot of times it's thoughts that are um, accusing God, thoughts that are, are accusing scripture of being incorrect. How many of us, my, my hands are both raised right now, you can't see them, <laughs> but my hands are both raised right now. Um, how many of us Right? We, we have thoughts that God's not going to provide for my financial needs this month. I mean, I've had those thoughts so many times. Uh, how many of us are like, God's not going to take care of me? God, God is, is angry at me that if I repent and confess my sin, that's not enough. Th those don't begin in you. Because you are, you are bought by the blood of Jesus. You are being transformed into his likeness, and you are a new creation. So your thoughts come from a holy place. You're like, well, how do I know if it's my thought or not? What's the fruit of that thought? Is it good? Or is it bad? And I know that we can have uh, sinful thoughts come from our flesh. But the beautiful thing about the scripture and about the gospel is that you don't have to be captive to your sinful thoughts. So if you have like, if you have a sinful thought process in your mind, that's best case scenario because that's easy. I mean, this is all easy for God, but he can take you on the journey of sanctification 
right? The problem is when we think the thought comes from ourselves and we try to fight our flesh, but really it's not, it doesn't have anything to do with us. It comes from the demonic realm. I think if I'm honest with you, I think most of the time the thoughts that come against the word of God, the thoughts that that speak to your destruction come from that place that is so anti-God that it just has to be demonic. Uh, But it's the Lord's will that your mind is a place of peace and rest. it's, it's, It's the Lord's will that you could be able to retreat into your mind and feast on the promises of God and use a sanctified imagination to imagine a future where Jesus is at the center and where he's victorious. He reigns in your life. This is how powerful the imagination is. Uh, when J.R.R. Tolkien was sitting in the trenches of World War I, he began to dream up Middle Earth and the setting for The Lord of the Rings, The Hobbit, a myriad of other books that he's written in that universe. So we're talking when this man was in a world war, <laughs> sitting in trenches, he, through his imagination, was able to dream up characters with intricate histories, thousands of years of in-world history for his universe, multiple languages in this universe. And this is all from the imagination of a young man. And that is so fascinating that his imagination was so powerful. That's the power of an imagination. If, if he was able to dream up a land full of joy, a land full of, of magic and, and mystical things and all, all these wonderful things that he dreamed up, but what would happen if your mind was taken over by the demonic realm? How far can your imagination take those dark thoughts? That's what we're going after today. Because it's unjust for you and for me to live where our imagination's not free to dream the dreams of God. Okay. So turn to Romans 12. Romans 12. Verses 1 and 2 says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. And that actually literally translates to, which is your rational service. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Okay. I appeal you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. That is our rational service. 
It is, it is rational when you become a Christian that every part of you belongs to Jesus. That includes the mind. Um, there are two thought processes, if you boil it down. There's, there's really two origins for your thoughts. There's thoughts that originate in the kingdom, and there's thoughts that originate in the demonic. So thoughts that originate in the kingdom are going to be thoughts that are pure and holy, thoughts that utilize your imagination, thoughts that, that are, um, they line up with scripture. And, and demonic thoughts are thoughts that are opposed to God. Obviously, they're, they're going to be the thoughts that are, are the crazy thoughts, the intrusive thoughts, the, um, the ones that, that are worst case scenario, where um, y- you, you have a relative who's supposed to be home 30 minutes ago. You know, when, when, here's the thing about, about worst case scenario thinking. In, in James 3... James is talking about wisdom, and he's talking about wisdom that comes from above is all these things. And he lists off a myriad of things. He lists off like it's pure, it's, it's gentle, it's peaceable. And then he says something that's interesting. He says it's open to reason. And I interpret that as it's willing to hear arguments. It doesn't mean that it's, it's fluid. There, there's, there's truth and there's not truth, right? There's truth and there's lies. But wisdom is willing to hear the other argument, When you have thoughts that are not willing to budge, that doesn't mean that thoughts that are not anchored in truth. It's thoughts that you flat out, full stop, will not hear anything else. Nothing else could be true. Nothing else could be the case. Then you're not dealing with a holy thought. You're dealing with a demonic thought. And here's, here's, here's what I mean. If you have a relative, let's say, let's say your mom goes out to the grocery store. She says, I'll be back at seven o'clock and it's seven 30 and she's not back yet. Your first thought, if you're honest, probably is not, she got stopped by a millionaire who just gave her a random check for a million dollars. And it's not, she ran into a celebrity (laughs) or it's not even like she got held up, you know, like something happened. There was a long line at the grocery store. There was traffic there was, you know, she found a million dollars on the sidewalk. <laughs> it's not. And what's the thought? The thought is, oh, my gosh, she's wrapped her car around a tree. Right? I mean, it's like, <laughs> I'm going to be doing some flying this week. And, and <laughs> flying for me is a renew my mind situation because I'm like, I'm sitting there and I know the statistics. I know that you are less likely to die in a plane crash than you are to die in a car crash. I've driven across the, across the country a million times. <laughs> I, just, I drove from Ohio to Alabama in November. I drove from Ohio to California two years ago, and I drove from California to Ohio six months ago. I am like, I, I drive in my car every day. I have more likelihood of crashing my car than I do flying in a plane and dying in a fiery car or fiery plane crash. But what what are the thoughts that come into my mind? Oh my gosh, we're we're going down. <laughs> and it's like, no, 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 we're not going down. We haven't even left the ground. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it, those thoughts have no they have no grounding in reality. 
they, they produce anxiety in and of themselves. They produce enmity. Because if I'm worried that we're going to go down in a fiery plane crash, what am I not trusting? Well, I'm not trusting that God is the protector. I'm not trusting that God encamps his angels around us. I'm not entrusting that he orders his angels so intensely around me that I'm. it says in Psalm 91 that he does not even want us to stub our toe. But I'm actually trusting, what I am trusting in in that moment is I'm trusting in the enemy's ability to steal, kill, and destroy. And I'm not trusting in the good shepherd's ability to give me life and life abundant. And that's a problem. That's a problem, thank God, though, that has a solution. And here's the solution. <laughs> uh, Matthew 16. Uh, Matthew 16, starting at verse 21. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall never happen to you. But he, being Jesus, turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance to me. For you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but the things of man. I'll read that last part again. Get behind me, Satan. <laughs> you are a hindrance to me. For you are not setting... So why? Why are you a hindrance to me? Why are you Satan? <laughs> For you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but the things of man. There are two realms of thought. There's the kingdom of God. And there's the demonic realm. To set your mind on the things of man is to set your mind on the demonic realm. Jesus was saying, I'm going to go be crucified and on the third day be raised. Remember what I said, um, wisdom from above is open to reason. Jesus is saying, I'm going to be killed, but I will rise up from the grave on the third day. And Peter, for some reason, couldn't hear that last part. Right? Because demonic wisdom is not going to tell you the whole picture. Because if it tells you the whole picture, maybe you'll have some peace. He says, you are setting your mind on the things of God. Or you are not setting your mind on the things of God. You are setting it on the things of man. The worldly thought process cannot tune into the prophetic. I'll say that again. The worldly thought process cannot tune into the prophetic. Jesus was prophesying his death and his resurrection, and Peter couldn't grab a hold of it. Though elsewhere in scripture, it's clear that this has been something Jesus has talked about many times. Right before this passage, Peter asked, or Jesus asked Peter, he says, who does, does the world say that I am? And Peter says, who the world says that he is. You know, some say Elijah, some say John. But Jesus is like, okay, but who do you say I am? 
And Peter says, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. He says, flesh and blood has not revealed that to you, but my father in heaven. But immediately Peter 180s and he, he's not able to receive because he, his love for Jesus. I mean, he's not saying, Jesus, you're dumb. He's saying, no, Jesus, we won't let that happen to you. But he wasn't grabbing onto the prophetic. Jesus was prophesying his death and resurrection. The most important event in history. And Peter couldn't grab onto it because the the worldly processes that he was interpreting information by and the thoughts he was letting come in his head prohibited him from receiving from the Father. That's that's good news. Because if if that if that's true, then when you have a thought that doesn't line up with scripture, when you have a thought that that comes into your mind that tells you that things are going to go sour real quick, that God's not on the throne and that he's he, he maybe he is on the throne for others but not for you. You can automatically assume that is not grounded in reality. That actually I'm not hearing from God. And if I'm not hearing from God, I'm if I'm not hearing from, from Christ, who is truth. <laughs> I don't know if you can hear the sirens in the background. <laughs> Wonderful part about living off Main Street. <laughs> I'll let it pass by. Um, if you're not hearing from Christ, who is truth? Then you're hearing from a lie. You know, 95% truth is still 5% lie. It's good news. It's also good news because if the worldly mindset can't tune into to the prophetic, all you need to do is change the channel in your mind. All you need to do, it's like it's like a radio. I, I heard uh, Chris Valentin, one of the one of the pastors out at Bethel, uses this analogy, and I think it's it's really good. God is always wanting to speak to you. Okay, there's never a moment God is not speaking to you. It, Jesus is the Word made flesh. He's literally the Word. So, so God's always speaking to you. It's in his nature to speak. We don't always hear him. Um, in the room you're at right now, if you were to turn on the radio and tune in to 90.1, you would get Air One. If you would tune into 101.9, you'd get Q102. you would get uh, B105. There's radio frequencies in the atmosphere right now that you can't pick up on it because you don't have a radio. I think sometimes, if you'll allow me this, I think the radio in our minds needs to be tuned to the right channel because it's not God's will that we would live in constant torment over the mind, over the thoughts that come in. It's actually God's will that you would prosper in the things that you that you think. 
um, going back to Romans 12, he says, uh, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Interesting that renewing your mind transforms you. As goes your mind, so goes you. The thoughts you think will have an effect on the trajectory you travel in. If you constantly think thoughts that are contrary to the word of God, you'll move contrary to the word of God. Be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. By testing you may discern. Um, we know that the thoughts that we think are from God if they bear fruits of righteousness. So by testing, I think it's important to examine the thoughts you think and examine them I wouldn't say from a critical perspective, but examine them from multiple angles. Um, if you're feeling shame about your past and you have thoughts that say I'm a failure, the, first of all, those thoughts might not say I'm a failure. <laughs> they might play themselves out in different ways. For me, it was I need to confess all my sins to everybody or else I won't be walking in the light. That's not true. There's certain people I confess my sins to. But not everybody. But shame will get in your head and start telling you you need to do things like that. But if, if I were to, and I, that's, that's something I, I had struggled with early in my faith, is I need to tell everyone. I need to be an open book. Well, sometimes being an open book is not good. <laughs> and I have people who I am an open book with. You know, Katie knows every single thing about me. 110%. Everything. But shame would tell me that's not enough. If I were to observe those thoughts... Why is it not enough? And by testing, by applying in, in your mind, applying those thoughts and just seeing where would this actually lead me? You can see, well, that's not gonna lead me to the cross. It's not gonna lead me to the fruits of the spirit. It's not gonna lead me to abundance in my life. Then I can, I can by testing, discern what the will of God is, which is that my sins, which are many, are cast from as far as from the east is from the west. Um, a good test to hold your thoughts up to is in Romans 8. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. 
Okay. To set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. When we set our minds on the spirit, life and peace flow from us. We need to come to a point where we begin to steward our minds and the thoughts that come in to where every thought produces life and peace. What does that look like? It looks like taking a chapter of scripture. I love Psalm 37 for this. Psalm 33, Psalm 34, Psalm 23, Psalm 125, <laughs> Psalm 25. Yeah, I mean, there's so many different portions of scripture. Romans 8. I mean, we can just go on and on and on and find things to meditate on. You know, biblical meditation is not like Zen, Zen meditation where we clear our minds and we think nothing. Biblical meditation is we take the word of God and we fill our mind so full of it that it, it, it bursts out the sides. That's what we need to do. We need to renew our minds so that when we have thoughts like God's not going to provide for my bills, we can go to Psalm 37 where it says, where King David is writing under the power of the Holy Spirit. He's saying, I've not, I, I've been young and I'm, I, now I'm old and I've never seen the righteous forsaken by God. I have never seen him begging for food on the side of the road. That God is generous with his lending, right? King David, when he sinned against Uriah with Bathsheba, the Lord came to King David and said, all I've given you, was that not enough? I would give you more if, it was, if, that, if that's what you needed. We read that oftentimes because it's a, it's a rebuke to David because he did something wrong. Absolutely he did. But I think it's interesting to know the heart of God that's like, hey, listen, your needs are so much of my concern that why didn't you come to me first? I would have provided even more. That's the God we serve, that the God we serve actually wants to meet our needs. Um, when we are, are depressed, when we are, are down, downcast and, and, and in need spiritually, feasting on the faithfulness of God is what's going to get us through. Reminding ourselves, no matter how small it is, okay, this is where God came through in my life. Okay, I had crazy thoughts, and the Lord delivered, those, delivered me from those. Okay, I had financial issues, and the Lord delivered me from that. Okay, I had relational issues, and the Lord delivered me from that. I had problems in my life, and the Lord redeemed my life from the pit. If you're worried about health, the Lord has caught me this far. You can steal other people's testimonies. <laughs> okay, I, I feel like I'm up against a, a rock in a hard place. Okay, well, God is the God who splits the Red Sea and allows the Israelites to pass by with no casualties, but closes the sea in a way that completely destroyed the Egyptian armies. No Israelite casualties. Um... That God is the God that when Jehoshaphat was, was cornered by the armies of the enemy and he didn't know what to do and the Lord told him, spoke to the prophet and the prophet spoke to him and said, don't do anything. 
that Jehoshaphat assembled the singers of Judah, sent them up to the mountain, and they worshipped the Lord. And their worshipping the Lord was what defeated the enemies. That as the enemies heard the worship of the Lord, they received a spirit of insanity and began to kill each other. The two rivaling armies went to war and killed each other, and not a single Israelite, or rather, sorry, uh, not a single um, member of the tribe of Judah was, was hurt. You can steal testimonies. Well, I'm, I'm feeling sick today. Jesus healed Lazarus. Jesus healed him so bad he got up from the dead. <laughs> Jesus multiplies food and multiplies it so much that he can't get rid of the leftovers. It's the faithfulness of God that gets us through. You start memorizing those things and you start committing those to memory. Those thoughts from the enemy, they can't go up against that. I mean, they can, but they can't keep it up. Greater is he that's in you than he is in the world. There, there's an app, um, if you're interested, it's called the Increase app. It's made by Bethel. And it's just an app full of testimonies. Meant, is, it was produced for this reason, that if you were having financial issues, you could log on to the Increase app and click on Finances and get testimony after testimony of how the Lord provides. Um, that if you're dealing with issues in your body, you could click on healing and see all the testimonies of people who've gotten healed. I mean, it's just, it's incredible. A lot of times people get skeptical about those things. The way I, the way I view it is, would you rather have a fool's hope and get what you want from the Lord? Or would you have rational worldly thoughts and not get anything from the Lord? I, I would go with a fool's hope. In Psalm 23, it says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow after me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And I preached this a couple months back, but another way to translate that verse is saying, only goodness and loving kindness will pursue to overtake me all the days of my life. The Lord wants you to know that goodness and loving kindness are on your trail. They're pursuing after you. And I would advise that you would slow down Take a moment to just sit in the presence of God and let him catch up to you. Because chances are the Lord wants to speak to you. And chances are, I, I've, I've been, I've done, I've had this happen in my life enough. I've been there, done that, got the t-shirt and the mug. <laughs> I got the, the lifetime pass I'm trying to get rid of right now. <laughs> I've seen it enough to where you are nervous about, okay, 
but again, I always use money because it's just so easy to quantify. But like you're like, if you're nervous, like, oh my gosh, how are we going to make ends meet this month? Chances are you're feeling that way and the enemy is giving you those thoughts because God has something planned. And I would ask him, Father, what do you have planned for me? And I wait for a response. And if you get nothing, we know you have this response. Surely goodness and mercy should follow after me. We know you have this and this response. To set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to take both of your hands and I want you to put them on your head. Okay. Jesus, I pray that you break the mental torment over these people. I pray you speak to us. Give us your heavenly thoughts. We want to hear from you today. God, we give you the rest of this week to work in a supernatural way. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that if the enemy comes to try to steal this word and convince us that this is not correct and that there is bad coming, we would see it for what it is. It is a lie. And I pray, tune us in to that prophetic. In the name of Jesus. Amen. This has been the Riverhouse Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. For more information about our meetings and anything else Riverhouse related, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Riverhouse513. Have a great week.